Hey guys, hey ladies, hey friends, hey foes. We just wanted to take a second to remind you that while we're okay swearing when little ears are listening, you might not be, and that's okay. So here's your chance to pause us and wait for nap time, or pop in your earbuds. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Done Playing by the Rules. I am your host, Jenna. And I am the sub-host, Janelle. No, co-host, co-host. I was going to see what <laughs> happened. Sub-host. No, because the whole thing I always told you from the beginning of the podcast was I knew that you would be great at this and this is why I forced you into it and I knew that I would be just like a good like Robin to your Batman, so... Sub-host. It depends on the week. Sometimes you are that does depend on the fucking week. rock star. <laughs> so, so true. We've been talking about summer because we like to catch up before we press record. That's half of what we do before we press record. We're like, oh, what's going on with you? What's this? What's that? Yeah, we and- should do like a pre-episode <laughs> of all the shit we talk because we never get to like see each other's faces in real yep. time. We're always Marco Poloing or texting. So we've been talking summer and camel toes, if you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just made me drip coffee down the front of my shirt. I got my teeth whitened, so I'm drinking out of a straw, and I just poured it But we already decided that because of my new boobs that my uh, shirt doesn't fit anyway, so I need Which to Which I don't think you've mentioned that. Oh, yeah. We're going to do an episode on that. Yes. Janelle has um, added uh, some boob accessory. Just some light fluff up. No. <laughs> but let's go back. You said you got your teeth whitened, like professionally? I got my teeth professionally whitened. Yes. That's why I'm drinking coffee out of a straw. Me and two Ooh. girlfriends went to a teeth whitening place. Uh, I can share like because they did a reel of it because they do reels for everything because they are um, in real estate, which I am studying for. Also update, which is so fun. I'm obsessed with it. I can't believe how much fun studying is when you're actually on ADHD medication. (laughs) Right. And it's something you want to study. Yeah. And it's something you want to study and it's interesting. And like it's stuff that's like actually happening. Like Josh has to get an environmental study done on one of his stores. And my last chapter was like about the environmental study part of a purchase. And so I was like, this is like all real life and like capital gains. We always have to stay in a house for two years before we move. And like it's just, it's, it's very interesting to me. But yeah, me and my two girlfriends went and got our teeth whitened and they are glorious. And so now I'm drinking coffee out of a straw, which is something I swore to never be vain enough to do. I'm that yep. person now. So when Jenna made the camel toe joke, I had just taken a big <laughs> straw full of hot coffee and poured it right down the front of my shirt. You're welcome. You're welcome. So what do they do oh, to are... professionally do it? Like, is it a, like a light it's, thing? Yeah. So it's like a light. It's not – is that what they used to, Was Zoom the old whitening they used to do? I don't know. Maybe. what it was called. I don't know. There was a whitening that was really popular in the like 2010s. It's not that they do – and you'll see it all in the reel. They put stuff on your lips to protect your lips and then they put this like blue stuff on to protect your enamel and then they do three rounds of this whitening agent with a light. And by the third round, it's kind of uncomfortable and then it's uncomfortable for two days and you drink a ton of water and you try not to eat anything stainy. And it got rid of a ton of my like lower stains down here from just – I like to drink coffee kind of like people like to chew tobacco. Like I love to just let it sit down in that lower (laughs) lip and just savor it. Here I am. Do you have to maintain it or will it stay? You can go every three to six months. She also gives you like a toothpaste that's better for it. So far, nothing's changed. So I I guess you No. And so we went together for three of us and I think it was 120 a person. That's good, I think. It took an hour. I thought so for like professional teeth whitening. And I have no yeah. sensitivity now. It's Crest White Strips it used to leave me sensitive mm-hmm. for literally a month. Yes. It, like and I they couldn't taste even like. Awful. Yes, they taste awful. And I couldn't do like you could, that like suck in over your teeth. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do for a month after. I mean, it was two days of sensitive and now I have no sensitivity. That's good. Send me that reel. I want to see it. It's really cute. Yeah. So completely off topic is our topic today. Of Welcome that. to all of Janelle's cosmetic procedures slash the bullying episode. Dun, dun. <laughs> so we are discussing bullying and we're mostly covering it in terms of kids, but it can be applicable to teens, adults. Yeah. I think once you get into older like kids, teens, preteens, and adults, it's 
a little different because one, they can advocate for themselves, but two, it also can be scarier in your preteens and teens and some kids because it can lead to self-harm. So the first thing that I want to cover personally is bullying versus teasing. So when I was in the education field, this was a huge thing and it's probably going to be a little unpopular uh, viewpoint. But that's what we do here at uh, Dumb Playing by the Rules. Unpopular <laughs> viewpoints are our specialty. We used to get, I mean, I weekly people come in. My kid is being bullied. And I, you know, took the parent seriously, sat down. Uh, if there was any inclination of bullying, I usually pulled someone else in the room with me, a principal, assistant principal, another teacher, because you don't want to face that one on one because one, parents, as we all know, can get very heated. And two, you want someone else to be hearing that you did what you were supposed to do as an educator. Yeah. 99% of the time we were dealing with teasing. It was a one instance. It was a comment that was more like making fun of somebody or not even always in a mean way. My most complaints of bullying, and I'm going to use that in terms of how the parents were saying, was in kindergarten. It would be things like, my daughter is being bullied. And so we'd sit down, we'd have a meeting. And I always tell the parents, like, if this is the case, you need to come in person. We're not doing this over email. We're not doing this over text message. You Ew, come in yeah, totally in now. person. And I will share two instances that always stick with me. One was, okay, how is your daughter being bullied? Well, she won't wear a jacket anymore because someone told her that her blue jacket looks frozen. And I said, okay. Is this happening every day? Are people making fun of her? And they were like, no, it just happened once. That is not <laughs> bullying. Yes, no. this child is not wearing the jacket and that's an issue. That's not because even it's teasing. Cold. That's a dumb kindergartner saying exactly. something dumb to another kindergartner. And to that kindergartner that said it, I know the girl that said it. And she, based on my opinion, this is a completely opinion. I could be completely wrong. She just meant it was blue, so it looked frozen. She did not mean it in a mean way. She was a sweet girl. These girls were friends, which is also something else that we're going to get into. Yeah. And the mom kept insisting that her daughter was being bullied because she wouldn't wear this jacket. And to me, that is a child dealing for the first time with outside comments from peers. And yeah. we as parents need to teach our children how to accept and process these or reject these comments. For example, when I tell Ezra, sometimes people don't mean to hurt your feelings. They might say something about you or your outfit or your likes because they don't understand or that is their viewpoint. If you don't like it, you say something. You say, oh, I don't really mm -hmm. like that. And you move on. You don't mm -hmm. stop doing what you want to do. And I think teaching our children that is very important. I had a second instance where the mom reached out to me, the principal, the superintendent, and the school board saying her kid was being bullied. Ooh. So we had this meeting and my principal knew me very well. And he was like, if this is going on in your classroom and you're saying it's that you haven't seen it, I'm going to side with you. And he was like, I'm not going to play this big. We're not going to invite the school board, the superintendent, all of them in. We are going to handle it, the three of us. This was back when, remember the song, Who Let the Dogs Out? was popular. Yes. And then it had like a resurgence because there was like a kid's video. And so this is popular. This happened when that resurgence happened. And okay. I had this kid in my class who would sing the song often and he would just sing it in general. So then the boy goes home and he tells his mom that this kid is talking to him and saying he's a dog and that he barked at him. You know, and I had to be understanding and I didn't have kids and yes. now having kids, I know how protective we can be. Reactive we can feel. Yes. Yeah. But I think as a parent or as an educator or as somebody who works with children, we need to know the difference between bullying and teasing. So here's a few ways you can do that. One, teasing, it can be positive because it helps children to learn how to deal with constructive criticism. And this is what I was talking about. And it's also how they relate. So if a kid is saying like, oh, your hair looks dumb. Well, we need to teach our kids what to say in those instances because that stuff has been said. Kids don't have much of a filter. And no. they're also into that stage where 
you know, somebody gets something new and it's like, oh, well, mine is better. I have this instead. Mm-hmm. So we need to teach our kids how to deal with those situations. We don't just yell at that kid and say, stop it. Don't say that. Like, no, when our kids grow older, they're going to be faced with this all the time and they need to know how to deal with it. It can also be used to communicate the negative and establish a top dog, which is not a positive thing. However, it's still kind of a teasing level. So bullying can start out as teasing, but then when it's done, and here's the two points over and over, so consistently, and it's meant to be hurtful or threatening, it becomes bullying. So if I am just saying an observation or a criticism of somebody, that is not bullying. If I say it one time, it's not bullying. Now, if I am seeking out one person and I'm doing it over and over and I am purposely trying to be mean, then you're dealing possibly with bullying. Bullying also, and here's another important thing, involves an imbalance of power. Victims don't usually provoke it. So think about your classic bully. It's the big kid picking on the little kid. And this doesn't have to just be a size thing. It could be Mm -hmm. the kid can't defend themselves because of their physical size. It could be a social position. Say it is an older kid or unfortunately, sometimes it even is a parental figure or a person of authority that is Mm -hmm. bullying a child, that can definitely happen. Or it could even be like a physical disability if they can't protect themselves. If a victim gets upset and the behavior does not stop, it might get worse. That is bullying. Teasing stops. So if I say that is hurting my feelings, please stop. But the behavior continues. That is a sign of bullying. Yeah. Sometimes kids also will say stuff like you've, you've been in that situation where somebody says something to you and they don't mean to hurt your feelings, but it no. did. Yeah. That's just, that's not bullying. And kids no. are so hypersensitive. A lot of them. They like, are. They are. If, yes. If I even say to Peyton, she's definitely at the stage right now. And if I say to her, go clean your room, sometimes she'll get upset because she says, I'm saying it quote in a mean way. And it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, like I'm just in a rush and my mind is elsewhere. And she's like, but you didn't say please, so you have to be mad at me. And I'm like, I didn't mean anything by that. And I didn't even think twice. I'm not mad at her. But to her little brain, it is. And so kids conceptualize things completely different. So here are some helpful questions to ask your kid to kind of determine what you might be dealing with. One, are the kids who are doing these things your child's friends? If it's your child's best friend and they're doing this, it might not be bullying. That might just be one, a mean kid, or two, they might be teasing. And that's a good conversation to have with your kids about appropriate friendships as well. Two, you ask your kid, do you like it when they tease you? Because believe it or not, some people love yes. that like playful banter and to kind of be poked at. I and, like, love to be yes. teased. Being teased is like my love language. When exactly. someone's kind of mean, I kind of love it. <laughs> right. And Brandon and I do this to each other, but we have yes. to be careful when the kids are around because mm-hmm. we don't want them doing it to other people. Mm-hmm. And so we do explain it to them, but we also try and like not do it. Or to the other them. parent, do your kids ever mimic like what you say? Like I'll be like, yes. you're being a real bozo. And they'll be like, yeah, dad, bozo. And I'm like, no, you yes. can't say bozo. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Three, another question to ask your kid, which is a very important one in my book, is do you tease them back? So if your kid is like, they're bullying me or they're teasing me, are you doing it back? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times kids will kind of do it back and forth. Like remember when like yo mama jokes were like popular and it's like, Uh, oh, uh, they're still popular for me. I do it with one of my neighbor (laughs) kids that's 10. We love a yo mama joke, even though I'm friends with his mom. Yeah. And so maybe he says one that truly offends you and then you go tattle. Well, you were also doing it. So just because he had a better yo mama Mm -hmm. joke does not mean that you're (laughs) being bullied. Just because you lost doesn't mean that you're now a victim. Exactly. Also, have you asked them to stop is an important question. That's our biggest. Ezra's really good at asking to stop. Zach is atrocious. Oh, he will be, he'll be quick to say it. And then also, if you have asked them to stop, did they stop? If the answer Mm -hmm. is no, like red flag. And the last one is if you told them you hurt your feelings, would they apologize? Or did you tell them it hurt your feelings? And did they apologize? And 
that's one that I also have noticed with Ezra because he's at that social age. He'll come and tell me stuff that happened. And I'm like, well, did you tell them to stop? And he said, yes. Did it stop? Yes. Okay. Did they apologize? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm glad you felt comfortable to talk to me about it. I'm not going to do anything except talk to you and help you process it because there's no actions to be done because you handled it. I'm not going to go then yeah. tell the mom. Like there's no need to. It's done. Just it's FYI, your kid, bah, bah, bah. Like, right. No. Exactly. Ezra handled it and he did it the way you would want. And you're there to hear the story of the tale that is finished. Right. And then a lot of times we will talk about, you know, how he handled it, how he felt, if there was room for improvement. And he is great at taking that in. So if your child answered no to those questions, then you might be looking at bullying. And if that is the case, here are some tips. And a lot of this is from stopbullying.gov, which I linked, and they have some good resources. Also, I think we all know there are tons of resources out there. A lot of these are applicable if your kid is in school because schools have anti-bullying programs in place usually. And most of this is in-person bullying, not cyberbullying, which I will briefly touch on, but that's a whole other kind of thing. Jenna and I are not mentally prepared to take on no. cyberbullying yet. We're still <laughs> right. trying to figure out how person-on-person -person bullying is going to work. Exactly. <laughs> the first thing, which if you notice some warning signs in your kids, which I'll go over, some kids will not come and talk to their parents. So if your kid has talked to you, then you can skip this part. But if not, you need to kind of know what to look for. However, these can also be a symptom of or a signal of a ton of other things that could be wrong. So unexplained injuries, lost or destroyed items, frequent headaches, stomach aches, faking illness, changing in their eating habits, and that could be binge eating or avoiding eating, different sleeping patterns, declining grades slash loss of interest in school, loss of friends or avoiding social situations, feeling of helplessness or less self-esteem, and self-destructive behavior, which could be, as our young kids, running away or self-harm. Those are all warning signs. And this does not mean your kid is being bullied. It just means, okay, something's going on. Bullying could be something. The second tip is know what bullying and what it's not, which we've covered. Because if it's just teasing, then you just need to teach your kids some coping skills. Third is to determine the type of bullying if you think it's going on. Is it in person? Is it cyber? Because cyberbullying, like I said, is a whole yes. other thing. And I think a lot of times parents overlook cyberbullying because it's like, oh, well, they just typed something mean. Like we didn't what's know. Cyberbullying was like when someone wrote mean notes about you back in the day. Like right. you're always like, words can't hurt. And da, 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 da. So cyberbullying feels fake to us old ass elder millennials. But it's yeah. way, I think it's way worse. I would have mm -hmm. never been able to manage cyberbullying. I mean, I experienced it briefly and it was, I, so glad I didn't grow up it's with it for a super long time. just a full like neuron melter. I feel right. like it's yes. too much. And this one has to oh, be Oh yeah, because you're prior. so young. I forgot. Uh -huh. <laughs> so this next one has to be done prior. So this is our call to action, which you know if we can have one, we always try to include them. Mm -hmm. Open the lines of communication with your kids before they're involved. Because if you do, it's easier for them to open up or to come to you. So already talk about bullying and teasing and all of this stuff. So when or if this ever happens to your child, they feel more comfortable. Okay. So if you're sure it's happening now, so you've covered all your bases, talk with the person in charge of the location it's happening, which can be tricky. So if it's happening at school, you talk to the principal, the teacher. If it's happening at soccer practice, you talk to the coach. Do not confront the parents. That is when things are going to get messy. And this can get messy if it's a neighborhood situation or, mm -hmm. you know, some kind of situation where you're the person in charge, including and another parent, of course you have to involve them or you can just remove your child from that situation if that's what you choose to do. But if it's happening at school, don't just go up to the parents after school and be like, your kid is a, because you're going to get yourself in a shit show of a situation. 
And everything I've read, it says that it is the school's responsibility to deal with bullying. It is not the parents, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really interesting because I feel like that wasn't always the case. So, well, they have safeguards in place and they have whole protocols now. And yes. like you said, there's two people in the room. So there's not he said, she said, and then there's not text messaging. And in some of my sources, it talks about how you can take like a small incident and it can become a nuclear situation when parents get involved in these text battles or talking to neighbors. And so mm-hmm. it, use your cleanest, quickest source and the schools are set up for that right now. Exactly. And a big tip, which I thought was really good, was during this meeting, record it. Like physically record it on your phone. Don't just take notes because a lot of times the school will be like, oh, well, they never talked to me or, oh, they didn't tell me this. And it's like, no, I have proof. If you're the parent, like you have to protect yourself. If the bullying is happening at school, learn about what your state requires schools to do. And you can do this by just Googling your state name. So Virginia, anti-bullying laws. And that is going to tell you, because apparently it's specific state to state, which I didn't know. It makes sense. Every school is so weird state to state. Because I think if I read it right, cyberbullying is not covered under every state. Oh, I don't doubt it. It's got to pass just like all the other weird unnamed laws have to pass state by state right Right. now. So the school can still help you, but technically there's no law. Yeah, it gets messy. Document everything your child shares with you, or if there's physical proof such as injuries, broken items, lost items, which in turn means somebody stole them, and what you notice with your child behavior-wise, and include dates and places. When I was teaching, we had an instance that was really a muddy one because it was two boys in my class, but the bullying always occurred at the after-school program but they were in the same class. And so it was just that really weird situation. And so I was involved, but when we got down to it, you know, they wanted the school to handle it. And this after school program was not through the school and they wanted the school to handle it. But when we went to the documentation, there wasn't a single instance that happened in school. And so it was just a really weird situation. And the after school program was so overwhelmed and understaffed that there wasn't much being done. And it was just a really difficult situation. And so make sure you're documenting. And a lot of times you'll notice if your kid is getting bullied, it's happening certain situations. So it might be recess, it might be PE, it might be the lunchroom. And so then you have different monitors in place to watch that because a lot of times like teachers aren't in the lunchroom. And so how is the teacher going to help knit this in the bud? You need to get the lunchroom Mm -hmm. monitors or the recess monitors or your PE teacher involved. Keep following up with your kid and your principal or the person who's in charge. Even if the situation is solved or whatever is done, the kid is dealt with, you still need to follow up because it could happen again, or there could be bigger threats said to your child because Obviously, they told an adult. Yes. And I read this everywhere, and I was kind of surprised by this. If your child is threatened physically, you get the police involved. And I saw that on all of the government All of mine, because I'm covering um, the side of the bully. And mine says if your child – like, if your child is the bully and there's a threat of violence, you either remove your child or you – are responsible for per- putting the safeguards in place if there is violence. And did it say like what that violence is? Is it everything from like hitting to kicking to a threat of violence? Okay. Yeah, anything from okay. a threat of violence to actual violence, it is your responsibility to pull your child and it is your responsibility to make sure safeguards are in place until your child's deeper issues are dealt with. Okay. If it continues the bullying, document it and file a notice of harassment. I have included a link for that. It's a whole little like paper that you just do it and you file it. Anything the school says they're going to file, you need to ask for copies. If they say they are going to file something, say, I need a copy of it, including when, like time and date, because like I said, schools are overwhelmed. I would be saying, so I can expect a copy of this by next Friday. Or mm-hmm. when and can if I not, expect to cut and have a up. deadline? Yep. And like, and if you're recording it, you have proof that they said they would do this. You may have to move up the chain of command. 
especially if things are not being done. So if the school is saying, okay, we're going to file something and they don't give them a second chance. And if not, you, you may have to move up to school board superintendent. Level there are, up your Karen. Yes. There are bigger entities in place to help mm-hmm. protect you. And the last two are more if you choose. Seek out counseling if you think your child needs it. They might say they don't, but I think maybe an initial just checkup might be okay mm-hmm. for your child, especially if this is something that's been going on for a long time. And try and keep your emotions out of it was a big tip that I read. Huge. The school yeah. is going to be more receptive if you come in and just say, here is what is going on. Here are the facts. Here is what I've noticed with my child. But if you go in screaming and yelling and blaming the teachers, the principal, which happens a lot, you're not going to get the same results or listen to. And you could even get kicked out of a meeting for acting that way. And if you start name calling, I have seen it where parents come in saying their kid is either being bullied and they'll even say like the teacher is bullying their kid or teaching, treating the child unfair when their child is actually the issue. And it's like, yes, your child is getting more consequences, but your child is also doing X, Y, and Z to earn those consequences. So I am treating them different because of this. And we have had, I mean, we've had threats from parents. We've had people just come in screaming, blaming, name calling, had to call police. And guess what? Their problem never got solved because of how they handled that interaction. And there have been also instances where the parent is not allowed in the school anymore. And so Mm -hmm. you kind of screw yourself if you do that and your child. So try and calm yourself. And if you're not the parent to do that, maybe have a spouse do it if you are able to, if you have a spouse or give it a day or two and just try and really talk to yourself. And you can even go into it and just be like, this is a really emotional situation. I am going to try my hardest to keep my calm. If I get heated, I might need to walk away from it. It's okay to get heated. It's just not okay to handle yourself in a manner that is going to cause more harm. I am the Those default parent for all of this in the future because I was talking to Josh the other day and I was like, so-and-so said blah about Mikey. And he was like, tell him I'm going to beat the shit out of him. And I was like, <laughs> Josh, that's a kid. And I was right? like, also, Mikey is the perpetrator. Like, yes, he is annoying. So kids should say he's annoying. He's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of him. I'm gonna be- <laughs> you can't threaten to beat the shit out of kids. Yep. <laughs> You're never going to their school ever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Janelle, give us your opposite. Okay, here's the first thing that you mentioned, something that came up a lot in my research, and I am going to cover how to intervene if your kid is the bully. But something I came up with a lot is a clue that your child may be being bullied is if, especially in boys, apparently, if they rush in the door and use the bathroom, like they have been dying to use the bathroom all day, because I guess a huge amount of bathroom bullying happens because there's never teachers in there. I was bullied um, really badly and physically assaulted my freshman year of high school. And I only stayed at that school for one year because, as Jenna said, my grades started to suffer so severely that I had to move to a different school. And then I was in the top 5% of popularity and no bullying ever happened to me again Mm -hmm. because that school was just a better fit for me. But the bullying was a lot in the bathroom, a lot on the like first day of school where they do the pep rally on the football field, parties after school, like after football games. So places where teachers aren't and kids get really yes. good at figuring out where teachers are not. This article just talks about, and this again is from my new favorite website, Goop, which hasn't been <laughs> updated for a while. So um, I think we're going to have to find a new favorite website, mm-hmm. but I will get back to you when I find it. Most resources on handling bullies focus on how to help kids who get picked on, which on the surface seems fair. More kids seek help from being bullied than for being bullies themselves. But getting the call that your child has been teasing or excluding another kid can be just as emotionally charged and important to deal with. And again, this article will go on to differentiate teasing versus bullying. Many times not saying one is more – it's not cool to tease people, but – That's part of the social hierarchy and kids learning how to relate to each other. Mm -hmm. So you cannot 
necessarily fault kids for teasing because unfortunately it's the same thing as growing out of pants. And that is not to ever say like kids will be kids because that's not what we're talking about. But teasing is a gateway of we need to work on some communication skills where bullying is like we bypass the communication skills and now we are inherently trying to make a child miserable. Mm-hmm. And my sources go on to say that the only way bullying happens is because a child is able to dehumanize another child. So a lot of this article talks about how to rehumanize a child in the eyes of your bully child. So I asked Zach, I said, Zach, do you ever, and Zach's not in school yet, he will be next year. And I said, do you know any bullies? And he said, yeah, tons. And I was like, okay, well, you know, like six kids. So I'm excited after this because I just asked him as I was getting on this Zoom. I'm excited to ask him after and differentiate teasing from bullying with him because I think mm-hmm. that's going to be a very important lesson for him. So this this podcast is for me as well. With my son, we already say to him, if he is consistent – and it's usually with his sister, which it can be also bullying – If he consistently Mm -hmm. is doing something over and over and he's doing it in a mean nature, we explain to him that is bullying. Yeah, We have talked about this and you're still not doing it. And he has a bigger consequence. If he is just acting Mm -hmm. out out of anger, a one-time thing, or kind of teasing her like, oh, you're always whining, you're always crying, that kind of stuff. We do explain to him and we talk to him about it and we make him make amends and ask him how he would feel if the roles were reversed, but he doesn't have as big of a consequence. But we already at age seven teach him like this is bullying and this is a huge consequence. This is teasing. It's still not right. You need to stop. But then also like when he comes to me and says, so-and-so says this, I don't go and stop it. I say, okay, well, what did you do in turn? And if he says nothing, I say, well, there's your lesson. You need to go stand up for yourself. You need to go back into that situation and ask them to stop. If they don't stop, you come get me. And every single time the kid has stopped. Every time. A hundred percent. And Zach, 100% of the time almost will come to me and say, I'll say, well, did you ask him to stop? And he'll say no. And I'll be like, go try that and then mm-hmm. come back. And now it's cool to see Ezra in social situations no. where he it? just, yes, where he automatically is just like, hey, can you please stop? And the kid is like, okay, or hey, that hurt my feelings, or I didn't like that. There is a kid at this program that we go to that is known for not being kind, especially to younger kids. And Ezra has, I've heard him say to him, like, I'm choosing to not be around you and walk away. And I'm just like, (gasps) hell yeah. (laughs) Yes, honey, I need that lesson. I wish I could just choose to not be around people that are unkind and walk away. I'm like, I'll sit here through some more of your bullshit, I guess. Yeah. And so I'm like, do you have any more LaCroix? I'll sit here longer if you do. And so he, (laughs) right, he rarely comes and gets me. He usually tells me about it after and we talk about it because we want those lines open, but. And he's not an angel um, either. Sometimes he's the jerk. So I'm interested. No, and that's yours. also let's everyone needs to know that throughout your lifetime, your kid will be a bully whether you hear about it or not, and your kid might be a victim whether you hear about it or not. So the big thing is is that bullying has become such a hot topic. So then when someone comes to you and says your child is bullying so and so, your first instinct is to fly off the handle. Mm-hmm. And that is wrong for the victim of the bullying, for your child that is being the bully, for the other parents. It is wrong across the board in what all the research shows. So the two approaches we cannot take via this article that I will link from Kim John Payne. The two approaches we cannot take, first, shaming and blaming, and second, standing back and saying, oh, kids will be kids. That's part of life. It is certainly a part of life, yes, but it doesn't mean we should do nothing about it. And so this article will go along and tell us why blaming and shaming won't work. This also talks about when the teacher comes to you or another parent comes to you because For instance, Jenna and I don't have kids in school right now, so all of our conflict is coming from another parent. We're not getting reports from a teacher. Okay, so if it comes from a teacher, if it comes from another adult, do not argue about who is telling the truth. This leads to conflict between parents, making kids' situation much more likely to escalate. 
Another fact of this was do not go around telling your neighbors. Do not text everyone and say so-and-so said this to my kid. It should be handled in-house and kept confidential because that will only create a bigger divide and actually worse results for your child, the bully, and for the victim or one or the other. So you find out that your kid is a bully. How do we start the conversation? Well, before you do that, can I ask you a question? Okay, so you said if like the principal or somebody comes up to you and says, like your kid, do you have any advice on what do you do if a parent comes to you and is like, your kid is bullying my kid and it's all heated and it's say it's happening in school. Do you just say like, peace out, the school can deal with this? All right, so if you walk up to me, okay, so if we're in school and you walk up to me like at pickup right, and you say to me, Zach is bullying Xander and... Mm-hmm. I want to know what you plan to do about this. Because this is something that used to happen a lot when I was in school. Do you remember that parents would just like walk up to other parents and start mm-hmm. yelling at them? But you would say, I'm sorry to hear that. Could you give me an example? Okay. And so then they're going to say, well, Zach said, okay, so Zach's either a bully or teasing. So Zach said that Xander's new backpack looks lame. Oh, ew, I'm so sorry. He said that uh, I will have a talk with him about how that is not an appropriate way to act. And do you want to like talk with the kids? I'd love for Zach and Xander to be able to sit down and kind of figure this out. And if you want to guide it, I'm happy to be there. Meet somewhere neutral. We're not going to your house. You're not coming to my house. We'll meet at a park or something. And then if it's actual bullying, so what would be an example of every day Zach trips Xander? Mm-hmm. I just love thinking that Zach would have the ability to I just know. like be mean. I, I hope he has some ability to be like stand up at all, but I don't yeah. – I should say – I should use Mikey instead because it's laughable right? with Zach. But Zach – but it could happen to Zach and I'll tell you why because when they get swept up in peer groups – They become a bully by default if there's a bully Mm -hmm. in the group. Mm -hmm. And Zach will definitely be the kid that gets swept up with the real bully. Every day Xander gets off the bus and Zach trips him and pushes him down. What do you plan to do about this? I would say that is actually a case of bullying. If this is a valid and true story, we need to figure this out and get to the bottom of this immediately. Do you want to get the school involved or do you want to keep it between us? Because at that point... It is legitimate bullying if it is true, and I will not jump to conclusions and say it is true because I have heard reports already that are not true about Zach, and I have heard Zach report about other kids Mm -hmm. that are not true. At that point, it is, let's get to the bottom of it. Let's make sure that this story is true. Let's get both kids to talk about us and ask the other parent if they want to get the school involved or not. Because at that point, it's almost like criminal in my opinion. And if Zach is literally pushing a kid down every day, he is being a bully yeah. And that needs to be addressed properly. I'm going to go against it and say, like, I think you should just get the school. Like, we need to get the school involved. If your yeah, kid is I think the bully, I completely like, agree with you. And there might be huge yeah. consequences for your kid, but that needs to happen. But it's also to protect yourself. I am yourself fine with the consequences, yes. Because, like we know, parents get heated. And I doubt they're going to come at this in a kind way. And if they do approach you in a kind way, like, maybe you can handle it. But if they're coming at mm-hmm. you in, like, a very aggressive way – even if your kid is the one that is being the ass, like I think you need to get the school involved. And also I think getting the school involved helps because as a teacher, sometimes there's stuff that happens, like you said, in the bathroom or in line, say you're walking down the hall and stuff is happening while you have your back turned because you're not walking backwards usually. And the teacher needs to be aware. And so Mm -hmm. in order to help with the situation, Or even just as simple as like the kid who was being bullied, they might now be really uncomfortable in school because they sit next to this kid. And so the teacher usually will like move them, but do it as like, like whenever I got reports of even somebody just not being the kindest, I would do a whole classroom move. So it didn't look like I was just moving one kid. And so a lot of times like teachers have these sneaky little things that they can do. So I'm going to Say like, don't ask to get the school involved. Just say like, we're I honestly get think you're right. Yeah, let's go. And I'm glad that we're having this conversation because these are all things that I need to consider as I send my kids into school. And also, yeah. 
I am much more level-headed with these things, but I feel like if anybody right. ever walked up to Josh at pickup and was like, your kid's being this to my kid, Josh is going to be like, okay, well, should we have a duel at dawn or at dusk? Yeah. And so I got my gloves. Josh is, I'm, go. I'm going to talk. Yeah, glove slap like the Simpsons. <laughs> I'm going to definitely tell Josh if anybody comes up to you and accuses Zach of anything, the first thing you need to do is say like, okay, I'm going to let my wife handle this or the school, which would which one do you want? And here's right. their cards. The card yeah. for the school. Here's the card for my wife, and don't talk to me anymore because I'm not I'm not capable. But I think that also, and I when I called the school, Jenna knows I've been calling the school a lot, talking to them about what grade to put Zach into because I'm just that mom. She said there's programs in the school designed to deal with this, and it can be a month long program, and they have a month, a six week, and an eight week like deal with this problem. They have trained guidance counselors that I was on the phone with the school psychologist and the school social worker, just like navigating where Zach should go based on emotional intelligence and academic intelligence. And so those people all have degrees that I do not have, even though right. I think I'm an expert. And so the only thing that we need to garner from this is that our job is to have the conversations. Cause even if you have the school handle it and you still get to live with the bully, you still have some homework to do. A lot, yeah. A lot of homework. And so that's what this article lays out for you. How do you start the conversation with your child? Step one, we need to really make sure we are not interjecting our opinions or interrupting their answers. And we also need to, I don't want to say fake go alongside them, but seemingly get on their team. Mm -hmm. So let them know that you stand with them no matter what. They maybe have made a choice that you're not sure you agree with, but separate that choice from the child and mm -hmm. you are going to get a completely different result than having the conversation of like, so-and-so's mom told me that you pushed down Xander and now you lose your video games and I can't believe I've raised such a bad little kid and mm -hmm. I'm so ashamed and I'm so embarrassed and we don't act like, I say sometimes we don't act like this in our family, but I should probably stop. So step one is... The school's been in touch or so-and-so's parents have been in touch. Let them mm -hmm. know where this is coming from so that they're not blindsided and they don't think you're on a weird fishing expedition. Straight up, <laughs> I know what's going on. Someone called me and let me know what's going on. Step two, can you help me understand what's going wrong? This is a key question because it lets you know that Let's your child know that the situation has something going wrong, not the child. Can mm -hmm. you help me know what's going wrong? Not do you understand why you're wrong? Mm -hmm. Number three, what things do people at school do that annoy you? This is best to do without singling out the targeted child. Instead, frame it generally as people. This will help you garner a lot of bullying comes, they say, from frustration or annoyance, and kids don't know how to express those emotions, so they will bully as a result. Don't single out the child. Don't say, why does Freddie annoy you? Say, what do are some things that people do at school that annoy you? Number four, when people do that annoying thing, you probably handle it pretty well most of the time. What do you usually do when you feel frustrated by people? So this means separating their action from their identity again, which is the most important. Step five, what are some examples of things that you do that get you into trouble or could hurt someone's feelings? This gives the child a chance to self-reflect and realize that they are not perfect either and that they could have flaws that are contributing to the situation. And again, go along with them. They Often kids are going to say things like, we were just joking around. They'll try mm -hmm. to normalize and minimize the incident. They might say they talk to their friends like that all the time and their friends don't get upset. Go along with that. Oh, cool. Yeah. So Colin doesn't care. He doesn't care that you talk like that. That's because you guys are buddies and there's a trust built up there. I completely understand that. Yes, that's true. You're friends and they trust you. That's where we would talk to them about when you cross the line. Because mm -hmm. like Jenna said a, a multitude of times, teasing is how friends talk. Me and mm -hmm. some of my – me and Jenna tease the shit out of each other. Mm -hmm. Me and Josh tease the shit out of each other. Me and all of my friends tease each other mercilessly. But that is because there is trust there and there is love behind it. it. Kids don't react the same way. Right. So the next question would be where does joking around cross the line and become teasing? 
So there is joking around, there is teasing, mm-hmm. and there is bullying. I tend not to use the word bullying with kids, the author says, because boy, that makes them clam up. So I just ask about crossing the line and teasing Mm -hmm. because you already are aware that your child is a bully. So Mm -hmm. we don't need to call them that. And how to recognize when the situation isn't fun anymore. What did you notice in a friend that maybe makes it seem like the teasing is fun and then it makes it seem like the teasing isn't so fun for them anymore? Does their body change? Does their face change? Does their voice change? Do they cry? Do they step away from you? Do they act nervous around you? Do they avoid you in the hallway? Those are all Mm, tips that you can give your kids to, to build their emotional intelligence. And then bullying can exist only in a culture where the victim has been dehumanized, which we already talked about. So one of the key steps is to rehumanize the child who is being picked on in the eyes of your own kid. So the author says, I start this exercise by having the child tell me about their best friends. Who are they? What are their different sides? They'll say something like, Kiefer is quiet in school, but when you're with him one-on-one, he is so funny. Go through a few friends that you know that your child likes to get them talking. Ask for details. Then talk to your child about the kid that is getting picked on. You can even start saying, we know they have an annoying side, but what about their other sides? Is it possible that your child has an answer to the other sides? More often than not, they have been so focused on the annoying side of Mm -hmm. the child that they don't know what the child is like in other times, which I have seen countless. Jenna, think about when our kids were in the same preschool. All we heard about was so-and-so's annoying habits at pickup every day. And then you'd say, well, what about did anything good happen today with so-and-so? Right. And then they like begrudgingly are like, I don't know. He had a a nice hat. Yeah. He had a good snack. (laughs) But they just want to tell you the bad stuff. Give them an assignment to find out one thing about that child that is completely different from the annoying side. Do they have brothers or sisters? What's the color of their pencil case? Hold your child accountable and give them this assignment in the morning, telling them that it is their secret mission and you're going to answer, ask them the answer to the question after school. This is kind of this, I equated this because I love murder. When you are like kidnapped, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to humanize yourself. So now we're humanizing the child that has become the victim of the bullying. And it makes it a lot harder to keep victimizing a child that in your eyes now has brothers and sisters and a mom that loves them just like you do and likes Mm -hmm. Minecraft just like you do and isn't great at baseball just like you're not. And like, how do you keep picking on a kid that you can relate to? It's way harder for a normal functioning child. And obviously all of this only applies to the neurotypical child. Neurodiverse kids have differing spectrums of how they relate to other children. But if you have a neurotypical child, these are the steps that you would want to follow in order to do your homework after you've asked the school's help. Okay. So I have a question. I have more to go if you want to go, but I knew you'd have a question. Which you might cover. Did it say anything about asking your kid why they are doing this to the child? That I didn't see a ton of that in there because I think that they're trying to avoid the blame. But okay. I do think, and I have always, and Jenna and I think she, I, she, we share a lot of the same. Um, and Jenna, you can veto this if you disagree. But Jenna and I always try to focus on this child is acting out because something might mm-hmm. be going on at home and right. not necessarily like a bad parent. Like we don't know who's going through, whose parents are going through a divorce, who's going through the death of a grandparent, who's going through a job loss, who's going through somebody sick. And so there's a lot going on to kids at home that Mm -hmm. make a bully not a predator. Right. I just – I really think that we need to destigmatize bullies because I do think that they have reasons. And I can speak from my own experiences. The bullies that I had growing up, Mm -hmm. they – 
were flawed individuals at the time coming from flawed households. And that is not to say all bullies. I have been then, when I became popular at my second high school, I know that I had bullying tendencies because I had been bullied. And that's another thing. Kids that have been bullied will turn into bullies. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot talking about friend groups Right. That creates this weird upswell. It's like when you see the fish in the water and they all shift directions together. That's mm-hmm. how these bullying friend groups work. And that is a huge part of where you get bully and bully bystanders. My dad always yes. called them bully bystanders. It'd be the I person like standing next to the bully that made you feel shittier just right. because they were standing there looking at you and not stepping in. Yeah. And I don't think this applies to most of our listeners, but we did see instances where it was learned behavior at home, such Mm -hmm. as you kind of pick on the weak. And so that was a bigger issue inside the home. And those bullying situations were harder to deal with. But other instances I can think of were jealousy. We saw a lot of bullying, especially in terms of friends, like so-and-so used to be my friend, and now they're only friends with this other person. And they, they might pick on their old friend, or they might be doing it to the person's new friend. And so Mm -hmm. I think sometimes if you don't solve the underlying situation, then you're going to continue to see this behavior. Or even, especially in your younger grades, oh, because so-and-so told me to. And then if that other, and like, you'll see this a lot with like the hierarchy shit in schools. Mm -hmm. So-and-so told me to. And really, it's this ringleader is telling these other people to do stuff to other kids. And so this ringleader isn't really getting in trouble. It's the kids who are getting labeled as bullies, but really there's something else behind it. And so then if kid one stops listening to them and stops bullying, then they're just going to go recruit other people. So I think sometimes understanding the why is very important. You're completely right. And that's the next part of how do you handle bull? The question is, how do you handle bullying that's driven by social pressure from a group or clique? Yes. Which is so, so, I mean, I can list 20 times this has happened to me in my life. I've been involved in it. I've been, do you remember three-way calling? Oh my God. It was like just made for bullying people. Okay. Be quiet. We're going to call her and pretend like you're not on the line. Let's call Sarah and I'm going to say that she looked ugly today and you can listen and oh my God, it'll be so funny. And oh, nope, it's not that funny. Sarah is now at the hospital. Like, (laughs) so- With kids, there's often a lot of pressure to be part of a tight peer group. And this is just natural human behavior. You are protected by your group, by your like tribe as we were in the homo sapien days. Mm -hmm. Often the way these groups get and stay together is by strictly defining who is in that group and who is not. The way the group stays us, quote unquote, is for there to be a clear them quote unquote. Mm. Typically, there's a child who is very central in the group. They are usually not the one carrying out the bullying, but they do sign off on it. If a child wants to remain a part of that group, they have to navigate the pecking order. It Mm -hmm. creates an environment of social conformity and cohesion where it becomes difficult to not join in when bullying happens. My biggest bullying moment of my life was the night. I'm sure I've talked about this a million times. The first grade of ninth grade, the first day of ninth grade, there was a pep rally on the football field. Not a teacher in sight. Ninth through twelfth grade, and I was physically assaulted by a girl in my grade and a girl that was like three grades older than me. And one of my friends, actually, wasn't even one of my close friends, walked in the middle of it. And he was my brother's skateboarding friend, walked in the middle of it, got away and said, don't you fucking touch her. One of the girls spit on him and he like protected me and like walked me out like a bodyguard. The entire fucking school was in a circle around this. For him to be that brave, he wasn't like a super popular kid at the time. He saved me that day. And so that is the ideal that we want to get our kids to, but it is not the norm. The norm is to stand by and watch it happen like those 500 kids did on that football field that day. Mm -hmm. I didn't cover this, but going into the research on the effects of bullying, if your child is also a bystander of bullying, they can also be experiencing any of these effects because it could emotionally be damaging to them. So that's also something to keep in mind. Yeah. 
I remember when I was a party to some of the bullying, I would lay up at night and feel awful mm-hmm. that I wasn't brave enough to stop it because my dad's big rule was if you see something bad happening, it is your job to step in and fix it. Right. And I've worked really hard to pass that on to my kids, but I wasn't brave enough. And mm-hmm. most kids aren't brave enough. And it's weird if they are, especially yeah. when there are kids like super young ages. As you right. grow into yourself a little bit more, you might be better at it, but it is abnormal for a kid to walk mm-hmm. into a 500 person fight and get in the middle of it. Right. And This is something – so for kids who engage in bullying because of the pressure to conform, I have them come up with ways to start to loosen the grip of the social group. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. It's kind of just like how do you slowly extricate yourself from the situation? Some kids decide they'll remove themselves from the situation. Maybe they'll pretend to be distracted by something else and walk off. Other Mm -hmm. kids might remain in the group but not say anything to the targeted child. And I have also heard other kids say – what I am going to do is say hi to Jonah when nobody else is around. And that is a great place to start. To it start, makes, yeah. To start, yes. But if your kid can start to say hi to the kid in the hallway when the other peer group isn't around, that mm-hmm. makes the victim feel less alone and also starts to humanize the child that is mm-hmm. the victim also starts to draw a wedge in between what the hell is really so wrong with this kid that we're all teaming up against him. So it's a great small step. And this article has other small steps you can do. And then as you and I talked about, where do you draw the line and consider removing your child from the environment? Remember your child is the bully and what comes next. All of this applies to situations where a child is teasing or excluding other children. Those are the kind of social difficulties that are solvable by gradually building empathy and humanizing the person they've been teasing. If a situation has become extreme and a threshold event, like a threat of violence or some other severe action has occurred, that's a different story. You will want to say you are still my child and I am here with you even though what you did was unacceptable. But then you need to consider withdrawing the child from the environment or putting them under very close supervision Mm -hmm. while you seek professional help. Mm -hmm. If it is your bully, it is your responsibility. And if you need to pull your bully, you need to pull your Mm -hmm. bully. I can remember this one mom who was wonderful. And her daughter was just one of those like natural ringleaders. Everyone kind of followed her, but she didn't always make the best choices for her. No kids should. No, we're not, they're not organized crime leaders. We don't have little Tony Sopranos. They're little dumb kids that are trying to figure out how to navigate the world. And I wouldn't necessarily label label her a bully. Mm -hmm. I think it could have led to that. And this is kindergarten. Keep in mind, this mom was so on top of it that she would come to class and sit there until her daughter basically got her shit together and started being kinder. And she would sit in the classroom and anytime anything would come up, remove her. And it was so embarrassing for this kindergarten girl who was top of the ringleader of all these other girls. And this was a predominantly girl class. And she would like she nipped it in the butt and it was I fucking love this mom so yes. much like and beyond. I had an open line of communication with her and she was like she has always been like this she always just kind of has a natural following but she has not been making the best choices and she was like the second you see something you tell me and so I would and then she was like I'm going to be in class the next day and she would sit there the whole week and she had yes. four other kids. Like she, and she did not have time to do this. They don't fuck around when you no. have four kids, though. You don't have time to fuck around. Exactly. So <laughs> we need this situation solved this week because next week I got Tommy's problems. Yep. She's a wonderful girl now. She's in. I'm sure she just graduated because, high school. Yeah, because her so. mom was like, "Fuck no, we are not playing around like I know. this, Lucy. No, no, yep. no, no, no." And nope. I think it's just really important that we realize. And this was not something that was ever put upon the parent of the bully when I was growing up. I mean, the time I was physically assaulted, the bullies were sent, I don't know, I think they went to like juvenile for a couple days. And then they had to like write me letters of contrition to get back into school. And they were complete bullshit. I still have them somewhere. They were like, obviously, like so fake. What we need to understand is like, if your child is a bully, and there is a threat of violence, or an apex event kind of is what they're calling it, you need to be responsible for your child and say, I am here with you. I will love you no matter what. 
what you did was unacceptable and we're going to work together until we get some closure on this. Mm-hmm. Cuz you don't want to feel you don't want to be like get out of my house you embarrassed me. Right. It's still your fucking kid and you mm-hmm. still love it presumably. Right. And you have to keep <laughs> but, in mind either they're learning this from somewhere or something mm-hmm. is going on. So You're not a bad kid most likely. No. I mean, the bad kid ratio to bully ratio is like one in a million. It's just Exactly. They're in, they're caught up in a bad peer group. They're going through some sort of life stress. They have something going on at home. They have something they're not talking to you about. Zach mm-hmm. will frequently not tell me things that are bothering him for like two weeks. And then all of yeah. a sudden be like, so-and-so two months ago said blah to me. And I'm like, okay, cool. Right. What, like, what the fuck am I going to do now? Like, yeah. I mean, it could be even as simple as they learned it on a TV show and they saw mm-hmm. how this person basically rose to the top of the group by acting this way. And another thing that we don't factor in is – there are natural cliques that come in from different schools. When mm-hmm. Jenna and I had kids in the same pre-K class, there were kids that were in a pre-K class before that together that had mm-hmm. a natural clique that was very impenetrable and kind of floated around and kind of took one kid in and then spit them back out because the us versus them dynamic is just a part of yep. how kids develop. I and- wonder if that's why our boys bonded so quickly because they were both new kids. They could, well, they also just were like sweet babies that like sitting on the same teacher's lap. That's I true. Think. But I think you're right. And I think it'll be an interesting transition for Zach, who's going to shove into a school in third grade. And But I talked to the teacher about it. She said, we have a lot of new kids coming into third grade this year. There'll be a lot of new kids, but they're still going to be already socially formed groups that he may or may not want to penetrate. And that's going to be a learning curve for him. And those kids aren't bullies just because they don't want to play with Zach. And exactly. I tell Zach that all the time. Like, Zach is not athletically as gifted as a lot of his friends. That doesn't mean that his friends have to play football with him. That right. is not their thing. Their thing might be just hanging out and they like to play pillow fighting. Like yeah. you are not obligated to be friends with everyone. You are obligated to treat everyone decently. Right. Maybe we could do like a little digging deeper or something if, heaven forbid, you experience this on either end with Zach when he goes to school. Oh, something's going to happen. There's no way you just, you don't just smoothly transition into third grade as an out-of-state homeschool kid. Well, you don't just go to school in third grade. You just go like, to school I mean, third grade. I know. You know. Like you don't, well, I'm saying like without instances yeah. of yeah. peer issues. You don't exist issues. in third grade without social issues. Exactly. And it could be as small as, you know, he has a hard time handling criticism or, you know, not being the best anymore and anything like that. So I want to hear a follow-up on maybe we'll and do I it do like think December, mid Yes, I think we should do that. And I think we should also do um, an adult bullying because adult bullying is so much craftier and sneakier and I kind of love it and I think it'd be fun to research. And you don't always have a parent to stick up for you. So unfortunately. I mean, we definitely don't. So. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, although R. my P. parents would have, so. Yeah. yeah, they sure. Oh, my dad was always – so my dad was the one that was like uh, – this was a reminder. This was the 90s. My dad was a huge, giant ex-bouncer, and he would – if someone would pick on me long enough, he'd say, tell their dad I'm going to beat – tell them to tell their dad I'm going to beat up their dad. <laughs> a kid was picking on Zach recently, and I said – he was like, he won't let me sit with him at the table at a party. And I was like, okay, why won't he let you sit with him? And he said, because I'm too young. And I said, okay, well, go tell him he has to tell your dad that he, you can't sit with him because he's you're too young. <laughs> and then suddenly yep. he was at the table. I don't know. It was weird. That's crazy. <laughs> so here's our call to action is one, it. open the line of communication with your kids now mm-hmm. before anything starts to happen. <gasps> and two, also teach your kids the difference between teasing and bullying. I know that article said don't use the word bullying and you don't necessarily have to. You can just talk about like the different levels. And three, I would say to also teach your children how to stand up for themselves and coping skills when it's not a bullying. Well, even if it is a bullying situation, the bully should be dealt with, period, right? Yes. But if we, none of us want our kids to be victims. And if your kid has these coping mechanisms on how to stand up for themselves, a lot of times they're not going to fall victim because bullies are going after the weak or people they have issues with. And if your kid has these coping mechanisms. I'll use Ezra as an example. He was getting kind of picked on at Forest School by this kid that was almost double his age. Ezra asked the kid to stop. He would not stop. And Ezra tried to walk away. The kid would not walk away. And this is a physical thing. It wasn't just like Mm. saying words. Yeah. So Ezra then, I was up at the top of the creek with Peyton. Ezra went and got another adult. 
And he didn't even tell me about this till we got home. Yes. The kid stopped immediately. And Ezra even said, he was like, I purposely went to this little girl's dad because I knew he could handle it. He knew to seek out the parent that could handle it. And the parent nipped that shit in the bud. And then there were bigger consequences because more stuff happened, not just with Ezra. But anyways, (laughs) I'm just saying like he knew what to do and he didn't just sit there and whine and cry even though he was half this kid's age. And he used his words. He tried to walk away. This kid just kept going. And so he went to a dad and said, here's the situation. Can you help me out? The dad was like, (gasps) sure. Hell yes. I'm sending that dad a box of chocolate. But it means a lot to kids to know that other kids, other parents are invested in their well-being and their safety. I am the first to hand out some consequences at a park. Don't you worry. You don't have to ask for my help. I will offer it up. Yep. (laughs) So with that, talk to your kids and call your therapist. And take your meds. (laughs) 